Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. There's a lot more punks in the West four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. It's your host, Hansen James. And I'm depressed. Yeah, not not a lot to be happy about right now for Jazz fans. It's been a rough season in a lot of ways. I know the Jazz have a winning record, but Milo, yeah. we were expecting a little bit more than a winning record this year, and it's been anything but, and it makes me sad and depressed on during this Christmas season. I'm I'm sad, and I and I I, I don't think I don't feel the joy and the holly. No. And maybe call me a hater or whatever, but I like they were supposed to be better than this. And I think today we just need to talk about what the Jazz need to do to get better uh, and what needs to get fixed, what they need to change, all these different things. Uh, I guess I'll let you go first, Milo. If you yeah. were if you were Quinn Snyder or Dennis Lindsay or whoever, what would you do to fix things right now for the Jazz? Maybe there's a laundry list. Um Oh man, it, it this is okay. So if we're going to talk about the problems of the Utah Jazz, I feel like it's we have to be fair when we say what the problems are with the Utah Jazz right now. Because if you're talking about them and you're like, well, you know, it's just disappointing right now, and you're talking about a team that you know still has is actually not 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 the worst. I mean, you're you're talking about a team that is. Uh, currently has a winning record. They're 12 and nine. And you are saying, well, you know, what's there to worry about? They're three games over 500. Um, this, if you look at past years, you, you know, this is more games over 500 than we've been at this point in the season. But I, I would have to say this is not the expectations with the talent that this team has. Here are some teams that have better records than the Utah Jazz this season. Um, Houston, Indiana, Denver, Miami, Philadelphia, the LA Clippers, the Boston Celtics, the LA Lakers, the Dallas Mavericks, Toronto Raptors, Milwaukee Bucks. That's not exactly the, the best crowd um, so the teams that the Jazz are more closely resembling right now is not exactly the best crowd that we want to run with. Those are teams like Phoenix, Minnesota, uh, Portland, Orlando, Brooklyn. We're actually the, the Jazz are actually falling into that mid-tier, a, a team that could be fighting for the five through eight seed. 
And that's a problem because there's going to be a lot of teams fighting for that in the Western Conference, and that's not a, a, a group that you want to be fighting with. And need we remind everyone, this team was hyped to be a championship team. And so right now in the season, the Jazz are sitting, they are the 22nd raked offense, according to Cleaning the Glass. Um, they dropped from 21st to 22nd just by not playing. And um, their defense is the 10th ranked defense in the NBA, which you any other team would be like, this is awesome or this is great. But this is the Utah Jazz and you have the defensive player of the year, two-time defending defensive player of the year. And your team is ranked 10th. And if you go back, like just a little, here's, here's the past five years. So I told you they're ranking this year. Last year, at this time, the same time, the Utah Jazz had the seventh had the seventh best. Actually, no, that's that's the wrong year. Um, so at at this time last year, uh, they had the fifteenth ranked offense and the eleventh ranked defense. Um, if you look, if we go even back, like if you're going to say, what's the worst the Utah Jazz's offense has been over the past few years at this time? There's only been one season in which it was worse and it was the <laughs> it was last year at 106.7 now it turned around quite a lot but at the same time Utah went through a ton of injuries last year they went through a ton of injuries the last 3 years to be, start the season whether it was Gordon Hayward whether it was Rudy Gobert whether it was Ricky Rubio whether it was Ricky Rubio and literally every point guard who could stand this year, the Jazz's only injuries that they've faced have been Dante Exum, which was seen from a mile away, and Ed Davis. That's not exactly something that you really can really say, wow, this team is bad. And the schedule is difficult, but the schedule is difficult every single year. And unfortunately, the results are not as good this year, despite having better top-end talent. And um, I would say the first thing, without making radical changes or or whatnot, I think somehow Quinn Snyder has to get that that starting offensive lineup to play like not just an above average lineup, but an elite offensive lineup because they're good. It's they're their best lineup but right now that lineup is not blowing the doors out off of someone it's not like golden state where they ran kd clay steph draymond and then insert center here and they just blew the doors off of people and we're like well it doesn't matter even if our bench comes in we have a 20 point lead the jazz are getting smoked in the first quarter and the second quarter and it's the first quarter is very disappointing because that's your best lineup you haven't even hit the bench yet, and you're getting smoked. So I, I think the getting the starting lineup to actually play together and to know how to work together and to run the offense instead of isolating would be an insane improvement. Mm-hmm. Well, I just have to say, this has easily been one of the most disappointing starts to a season I've ever had. <laughs> I'm just... I like... The games are just so disappointing and so sad to me. The nice thing is, is this still seems very, very fixable. But I really feel like at this point, like we've played this amount of games. This is on Quinn. Like this, this system, whatever the heck we are running, 
is just not good. It's bad. It, it's like it's a turd factory. It just produces turds of shots. And I feel like the players don't understand the system. I it, it feels like it the system creates a lot of turnovers for other teams. It feels like teams know how to stop our our blender or whatever. Will it blend offense? And it just like it's so disappointing. I'm so sad and bummed about it. And I try to be positive and I try to look, but I just don't see a lot of positives coming out of it. Now, I think there are, like you said, there's some things that Jazz can do. The type of shots that they're taking are just at a certain point, like all these floaters and mid rangers are just, it's just maddening. And I like, maybe we think we're smarter than everyone else in the league, but right now uh, we're number 22 in the league in offense. And now because our team, our players just can't score. And it's got to be, I think some of the problem is that players just get exhausted when things aren't working. When you just never see the ball go in the hoop, if the ball's not moving around, it, you just get worn out by the end of the game, constantly having to play high level defense without any scoring on the other end. And uh, it's just, there's just so many things that are going wrong. Now our defense is barely top 10. It was number one for a while. Uh, that's dipped. Uh, and you know what? I think if, if I was going to say one thing that the jazz need to do is they need to have a talk with Donovan Mitchell about what he wants to be because Right now, his numbers are just not improving. And I think a big part of that is because he's just not passing the ball. Like one of the things we expected this year was that Donovan Mitchell was going to have help. And he does have help. He has really great talent around him, whether it's Boyan Bogdanovich or or uh, Royce O'Neal, who's now in the starting unit and is leading the league in three-point percentage. Or you have Mike Conley, who with all that we've been talking about with Mike Conley is shooting about 37% from three. Now the percentages are there, uh, but he's not getting the ball. He's shooting the ball like eight times a game or something like this. And Donovan, let's see, like the last two games are a good example Uh, against Philadelphia. Donovan Mitchell had 19 field field goal attempts, made six of them. And he had 18 points and all that with one assist. Uh, He's having too many nights like this. Uh, the game against Toronto, six for 16. Uh, let's see. He did have four assists in that game, so I guess I should be quiet a little bit. But I want to see Donovan Mitchell having like six, seven, eight assists game because the players around him are doing it. But when Donovan goes into this, into the lane and just throws up a floater that just has so little chance of going in, it's killing us. And I, I don't know. There's a lot of things that are going wrong. I know I'm, I've been ragging on Donovan a little bit, but uh, I don't know what to do, Milo. I, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know if it's a Quinn problem, if it's a player problem where they just need to figure things out. I don't know, but all of it stinks. I, I don't like our system. It doesn't create shots. I feel like they need to simplify things and then play. Uh, can we just play Mori ball? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think I think this is the first year where the criticism for Quinn is justified. And in past seasons, he hasn't had the personnel to work with. He hasn't. He's been working with a bunch of spare parts. Like I'm not going to criticize a guy who's working like the year after Gordon Hayward and George Hill leaves, and he's working with the ghost of Joe Johnson, Tabo Cephalosha, um, Ricky Rubio. Um, like, I'm not going to give 
I'm not going to give him guff if be, because he is making things work in in that type of uh, situation. But what I am going to what I am going to criticize and what I am going to get frustrated about is is when uh, what's the best way to put this um, is when you have literally the guys who you've been asking for and um, wanting in your system who would shoot who would give you the spacing, be able to run your blender efficiently, and you don't take advantage of that. And you just, it just feels pilfered. It just feels like they're not getting the value out of these guys. Um, he's not like, and, and it's, and it's disappointing because you have guys in the past where he's gotten a lot more than what their talent is. And he has really talented guys now. And it just feels like he's, he, he he's just, getting average out of them. And that's really surprising to see with Quinn Snyder. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. I just want to say that everything that's going wrong really in the end just kind of comes down to Quinn. And he needs to figure it out and fix it. Um, like you said, this is just the most talent we've ever had. And really coming into the season, you could see that these pieces fit. And I don't know what happened this offseason or what changes we've made, but a team that should most definitely be better offensively, that should have more spacing, that does have more shooting and better shooting at, with from multiple, multiple players, has a worse offense. And I don't understand. And if the idea is, well, you know, players need to listen to coach. Well, then that's on the coach, too. If it, if that's the case, then he's lost the locker room and players are just doing what they want. And there's a part of me that wonders if that's what's going on, because we have players like Donovan Mitchell and and other guys just taking whatever shot they want. We'll see Jeff Green on the backup unit. Just do whatever we see. Emmanuel mm-hmm. Moody uh, just kind of go to the rim, kind of do a backup fade away and miss. Uh, I don't understand what the, the system I'm, and I'm not like this system expert, like understands all the different offensive schemes and blender and, and all these different and motion and flow and whatever. What I do see is a lot of players not passing the ball to open shooters, like just constantly. Uh, I just see a bunch of turnovers because I see a lot of players just confused on the floor of what they need to be doing. And if, if, you know, in the past, it was like we could just put in Shelvin Mack and whip Dante and tell him and blame everything on him. Well, guess what? You know, you can't blame Dante now. You have all the players. You have everything you need to succeed. And the Jazz have just absolutely disappointed this year. And I get it. We're 12 and 9. That's still a winning record. But we are like losing to bad teams, a paper barely beating average teams, you know. 
it's just it's just not a it's just not an impressive team. It's not a team that's gonna. I think I can't remember what where our standings are, but we'd be playing like the Clippers right now in the first round, and we'd be out again in the first round. The bad part about that is that we'll be out of draft picks now because we went all in with this team, which I completely approved of. Like I don't know anyone who wasn't a big fan of these moves. Like Mike Conley, that's a solid move. I personally wanted Malcolm Brogdon, but I'm I can see why we went with with uh Conley and and he's a good player and mm-hmm. I think he'll get better but I have no faith right now that the Jazz are going to get better. I don't I don't know what to what I'm looking at when I watch the Jazz. All I see is disarray, confusion, no one knows what to do, turnovers, uh people missing shots. It's just a yeah. mess. It's an absolute I, mess. I said it on Twitter the other night during the game. I said what what is Jazz basketball? Like what is it? If, and, and somebody else put said it. If you know, if you had a gun put to your head, you know, it's, you had to say what 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 the jazz's style is. Could you could you even like list it? And I jokingly said, "There's just going to be a lot of rich funeral homes in that case." Like it doesn't. I don't know what their their style is because it doesn't feel like overpowering defenses. It doesn't feel like um, executing this 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 half court machine that is running. It just, it, it feels like a bunch of players who are playing for themselves. And, and I've seen a ton of excuses. Like people were like, well, you know, you know, you're putting like three, like three guys together who are all respectively the number one options on their team. But at the same time, all of those players at one point were not the number one option on, on their team. Like they know how to play with people like Boyan played with Victor uh, Oladipo, you had Mike Conley, who has um, been the, the second or third banana to both Marcus All and Zach Randolph. You have, um, and then you have Donovan Mitchell, who ha- has uh, grown as a player, um, but at times is not it um, has has learned to be able to play outside of the offense when there hasn't been a point guard. Like all these guys, and and he played with Team USA. He played with Team USA and was a pretty good teammate. So it's not like that excuse of they, you know, they haven't played with an alpha before. BS, BS. Like they've all, they all have, they all have played with at one point or another. If you cannot, uh, if you cannot figure out how to put yourself back and and play within the confines of the team, and especially like you, you, you have so many veterans on this team. That's the other frustrating thing. You have so many veterans on this team. You're like, well, they just can't figure it out. They've been playing in this league for six or more years, the mo- most of them, and they can't figure out how to quickly integrate and work together because there's a bunch of other teams that have had a lot of other turnover um, in a lot of uh, like from this season and in the past, and they have put it together. And that's the hard thing. Like I've been going, I'm, I'm, I'm trying as I'm trying to write my post for tomorrow to be like, okay, you know, here's, here's some encouraging signs of past teams that I've had to go through what the Utah jazz have as far as turnover as adding a high level talent and blah, blah, blah. And none of them have been this bad. None of them have been this bad. And part of that is Mike Conley has dropped off a cliff. Joe Ingles has dropped off a cliff. Um, and, and in, in an insane degree, can they bounce back? Yes, but this is, but this is weird. It's just a weird, it's a weird drought because if you're saying, oh, well, they're in a drought, it's at the first 20 games of the season. That's just weird. It's not five. It's not seven. It's 20. 
after a while, though, it's like if everyone's falling off a cliff, Donovan Mitchell's numbers are now dipping. Uh, we're seeing Rudy Gobert's numbers dipping. Like, it's not just it's this. I don't know. I, I don't have anyone other that I can think of now at this point than Quinn. I have a hard time believing that all these players are just going to fall off a cliff and can't. Ah, I don't I don't know. What and that think. four to ten foot I, floater, I, I, that four foot to ten foot floater. I want to just just throw out a window. It, 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 because it's such a settling shot because it happens early in the shot clock. It happens when, and opposing teams are giving it to him now because I think Donovan was shooting. I know we don't 40, make it. There's Donovan shooting 44% on it and Conley shooting 33% on it. I actually have run the numbers on this because I was just so vengeful and probably hated myself. I, if the Utah Jazz just had an average shot profile, of the average NBA team, not even a good one, just an average one. They took the average amount of shots in each each zone on the court. They would improve their offense by nine points a game. Oh my gosh. That's how much we lost by Philadelphia by. It's one of those things where you look at it and, and it should be simpler. And, and I think uh, Andy put it out and he's like, how many times do we have to say this is a bad shot for them not to take this? And, and, and at this point, if you're 20 games in and you're still seeing it, it's not a settling shot. It's somebody's telling them to do it. Like this is part of the offense. Like there was some strategy built around it and it's not working. It's awful. And 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 the other frustrating thing is they're like, well, the schedule's difficult. Well, if your chief strategy doesn't work against the best teams, I don't really care how many games I win uh, against uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder or the uh, or the Charlotte Hornets. I don't care. What I do care about is what strategies work against the top tier teams. What strategies work against the best of the best, and how? And I think this is beyond everything. Like the Jazz could have a struggling offense, they could have a struggling defense, but. If you come into games, and this is what's been so disheartening because at once Rudy Gobert checked back into the lineup for the Indiana game, the Jazz have looked completely checked out as far as just giving a crap. Um, the only they, They've only shown a pulse in the second half of the Memphis Grizzlies game and the third quarter in the Toronto Raptors game, which both did not have the feeling of, Oh, we're putting it together, and more had the feeling I'm hauling a can of paint to the top of a water tower to defend my sister's honor type of crap. It didn't. It, it was. It was totally saving face and not figuring it out. And this is a. T- and and I'm getting annoyed. I'm getting flat out annoyed that the players who, I'm sorry, you're putting a bad effort on there. Your your management and your marketing team sold you as a championship team. So don't get mad at the fans. And don't get mad at everyone else when you're held to, to be accountable for a bad performance and say, well, you know, well, you know, give us the same energy on a bad loss. Give us the same energy on any game. Don't don't roll into Toronto and look like you've like your bodies are the only thing that showed up through baggage claim. Like, don't show up to Philadelphia and sleepwalk. That's what that's that's what fans the fans and and I, I think it was Tony Jones who said many people did not expect them to win more than one game during this 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 whole road trip. Few expected them to look 
completely out of their league in those games. And that's a problem. Well, like it doesn't, it, it, the Jazz don't look like they have a lot of pride right now as they're, as they're going out there on the court. And they come back to, it's not like the schedule is getting easier. It gets easier for the next 20 games. But even then, it, you have to wonder, well, are they just playing crap teams or have they really figured it out? Yeah, because we right now, know. we won't even know. Well, and that's the because, thing. Because, uh, I, I, I mean, they, they, they rolled towards the end of last season, went into the playoffs and just got just whipped by the Houston Rockets. So it doesn't really tell me a lot if they're getting whipped, if they're whipping b- bad teams. Like I want to see them putting up a fight and getting wins against good teams. That's what I'm going to, that's what's going to change my mind about if they're going to make it past the first round or not. Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't oh. want to hear anyone. If I hear another excuse about tough schedule, then I'm just going to reply. Well, then I guess we're just not a championship team. Because if you're a championship team, then tough schedules don't matter. You win a lot of games. You beat good teams. And I guess if that's what we are, we shouldn't have given up draft picks. We shouldn't have. Yeah. uh, If if that's all that if if the if we just beat bad teams and that's all we're happy with, then fine. But don't tell me we're a championship team. Then don't come at me with uh, don't spend draft picks on on Mike Conley and and you know and then hurt our future because of that because then you were expecting us to actually win like whatever the it does, it's not even the jazz marketing team it's the it's the jazz front office themselves they obviously believe that this is a team that can go as far as the finals and if and maybe even win it all that by making those moves dennis Lindsay doesn't spend draft picks like that until, unless he believes that or or justin mm-hmm. zanuck and so yeah. this comes back to Quinn and the players and the players look like they're in disarray. They look like they're doing their own thing. Like you said, uh, they're, the system is yeah. just broken. I mean, there were times against Philadelphia. It was just absolutely, I mean, it's just embarrassing. It has to be hard for the players too to sit there and go through that and get just shellacked. Like I, 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 I don't know. It's just, it's painful yeah, and, and, and the thing is, I, I don't know for fans. Yeah. It's tough. Since since November fifteenth, there and and they're like, well, the schedule opens up, and it's like, well, Great. they haven't really shown even if the schedule gets easier that they play better. Like, here's their losses since November fifteenth: Grizzlies. So they lost to the Grizzlies. They lost to the Timberwolves. They came back at home and then needed a big fourth quarter to beat the Timberwolves. They almost lost to an eight man team in the Golden State Warriors at home. And then they, and then they, um, on the back to back, they played the New Orleans Pelicans. They beat them by eight. Then they went on the road. Um, they were without Gobert. And and by the way, the New Orleans Pelicans, they they had to put everything in. They had that team put away, and then almost lost to them at the end. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, um, they actually gave a good effort without Rudy Gobert. Um, Indiana Pacers looked terrible. Um, the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. They almost lost to the Memphis Grizzlies again. We can barely um, then the Grizzlies. They, and, and so that's the thing. It's just like the schedule opens up. Cool. Are they going to play like it? Like because I look at their next few games. There's like they're playing the Memphis Grizzlies. They're one and one, and um, and so far they've only played one good quarter, one good half out of four halves against that team. 
Oklahoma City Thunder. They're in they actually the Oklahoma City Thunder actually have a better offense than us right now. And if I remember right, they almost have a better deep no. Uh the oh, they have uh this is frustrating. Um so they have a so Oklahoma City Thunder actually have um a better they have a better offense than we do and a slightly worse defense like they're tw- ranked 21st in offense and 13th in defense we're 20 um we are 24th 20 no 20 yeah we're 24th in no 22nd in offense and then we are 10th in defense so this is a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder are not a a cakewalk because they're literally us um, and then we have to play who else do we, and then we play the Timberwolves on the road, which we've shown a great propensity to beat them. And then we play the golden state warriors again at home. Awesome. Um, so we should beat them. And, uh, but then we play the Orlando magic at home. Um, we should beat them, but who knows? And then we go on a three road, three game road trip of against the Hawks, Hornets and heat. They could go one and two on that because the Hawks can surprise teams because they're talented but young. Uh, we should beat the Hornets. The Heat are good. Then we come home to play the Trailblazers. Then we play the Clippers. Then we play the Pistons. Then we go on a three-game road trip and play the Bulls, the Magic, and the Pelicans. Like this is not. It, 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 they're easier teams, but they're not. It, it's not a cakewalk by any means. And I hate hate that we're just like, well, we're gonna you know the schedule eases up, but it's just like. Well, are they going to play like it? Because me, over their past 10, they haven't played like it. Well, the schedule easing up thing to me is just disappointing because like, who cares? I we just, we've proven this first 20 games. We're not a contender. We're just not like we contenders don't struggle like this. We're going to play the Lakers and they're going to be on a back end of back to back. And does anyone give them any, uh, any like excuses if they don't come in and beat the jazz, you know? They'll well, yeah. if they get beat bad by the Jazz, then people will say, "Well, what's wrong with the Lakers?" Uh, the Jazz deserve all the criticism they're getting, all of it. And now the Nationals are starting to notice it because you know you're getting beat by forty at halftime in Toronto, and then you're down by like twenty nine in Philadelphia. It's a joke right now. I I don't know. I'm like at a loss for words. I have I don't even know. Like you joked on Twitter, like I don't know what we're supposed. To, I honestly don't know what to say. Like, I don't like, there are no answers. Yeah. We have yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause we joked, we joked, we joked. We said the next podcast is just going to be us staring at each other for an hour. And, and, and because the, the, I, I do think, I do think there will be a trade um, to fix the Utah Jazz's bench because it has to happen. But see, I don't even know. If um, I don't even I, know. I said, but is like, is it really a bench problem or is it a Quinn problem? Because why can't this bench figure it out? I, like, why can't George Niang is a good shooter. Jeff Green shoots 36% from three. Joe Ingles is a proven high level rotation player. Like, how is this not working? How, like, that's what I want to know. Like, mm-hmm. I want to hear Quinn explain. To I, I me don't, why. I don't think there's anybody on this. I, 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 I go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I like, I don't understand. Like people keep saying they want to put Joe Ingles in the starting lineup, but I don't understand how that's going to change. Like, if Donovan Mitchell shoots 19 shots and gets one assist, Joe Ingles in the starting lineup is not going to do anything. If if Mike Conley is only getting like eight shots and he's right. hitting one of them, like I don't know what like Joe Ingles is going to improve. I feel like we saw one tiny little glimmer of something in Philadelphia when we saw Joe Ingles playing 
next to Rudy Gobert with pick and roll. But if you put Joe Ingles in the starting lineup and he's using those shots, you're taking him away from supposedly your best players in Donovan Mitchell and and Mike Conley. It's a mess. <laughs> it's like it's an absolute mess. It, it, it and really I don't is a know. mess. It's 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 a really it's a. I just don't think there's a, a this team has a has a guy that is there like they're um I don't want to say mascot but I, I think back to like the Detroit Pistons and they were a good defensive team but they were a bad offensive team um and they they won but it wasn't like they had an identity and the minute they traded for Rashid Wallace that was when they became like we are going to, we're going to wreck people. We are going to, this is going to be the worst game of their lives. We're going to make life difficult. We are going to like defensively, they're going to wish they were, they were never born on the offensive end. Um, And he just brought a swagger and this jazz team right now, I feel like they have a lot of good players. I just don't think there's any dude who walks onto the court in a jazz uniform. That's like, we're going to kick ass today. Like I I can I I don't think there's one. I I know there's a few players on the Jazz team who are ready to talk trash if they do. I know there's a, a people who expect the best of themselves like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley. Um I know dudes who are are like walk on a court and know they're going to get their buckets like Boyan. Um but I don't feel like there's a dude on the Jazz's roster right now, who walks out there and is just like, let's kick ass. Well, I let's 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 uh, go get us some scalps. Like that, I I just don't I don't think there is one guy. I don't think there's one guy on this team uh, that's uh, that's going to do that. And that's what I think the trade needs to be. It doesn't even have to be some top level guy. It's just who uh, one one guy that I would love for the jazz to target. If uh, the San Antonio Spurs go fire sale, I'd love for them to go after Patty Mills. So, well, that I would, would, I think that would be, that would be, be an, man for sure. I think, and he's a type of dude just watching um, him in FIBA. He was like, let's just effing roll. Let, every single time he went out there, he's like, I'm just, it, it just seemed like he was out there to prove a point. A guy like that, or a guy like Lou Williams, uh, like, you can say that the uh, the you know the Clippers have great talent in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but when you talk about the identity of that team, it's Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams. Mm-hmm. Like they go out there and they're like, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna just wreck teams. And I looking at Utah, I don't know I don't know what their offensive style is. I don't know what their defensive style is, and I don't know what their what their identity is or who their identity is. Because usually every team you can point to a guy and be like, that's their identity. Even though the Raptors were led by Kawhi, Lowry was their identity. He was their motor. And I just don't know who the Jazz's motor is right now. Uh, Because as much as it hurts me, Rubio was the Jazz's motor the past two years. And so Mm -hmm. you lose him. And I really thought that Donovan and Gobert and Conley would be able to fill fill in the gap, and it just it, it, it they it, right now they don't got the juice, and instead they're 
um, they're 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 saying that you know fans are against them or they don't have the same energy when they're just not bringing the juice night in and night out right now. Well, we're the ones who watch it, and we're the ones. I mean, I sit there and watch these games and write recaps and do videos and all these things. I want to see the team that we expected, but it, that's what that's what makes me wonder. Like, is this a locker room thing? Did we bring on? Is someone in the locker room causing issues? Because it really does look like just a bunch of guys that just want to make their next contract and they don't care about winning. Like who cares? Uh, and who knows? Maybe there's someone in that locker room. That's kind of the seed of that. I don't know, but it's, it's not good. And whether it's trading to get a guy that brings a better culture in the locker room, whether it's, you know, getting rid of someone who might be causing issues in the locker room. I don't know. Whatever it is, the Jazz need mm-hmm. to figure it out. And Justin Zanuck and Dennis Lindsay, who I felt like were on the verge of having their, you know, executive of the year come, uh, now have to like fix this problem, I guess. Cause I don't see Quinn fixing mm-hmm. it. I don't know what our like like you said, there's no identity. I don't know what our offense is. Our offense is like turn the ball over and floaters. That's what I see when we, I watch our team play. And unless Boyan yeah. has an incredible game, we lose. That's like that's it because we don't have anyone else producing yeah, it, at a high level at all. That's really the strategy right now. It's either like Donovan has to go off, and that's that's how the Jazz got their wins at the beginning of the season, um, or Boyan has gone off, and and that's how they've got their wins in the past ten games. But in the past ten games, they're like what five and five, or or no five and six, mm-hmm. and uh, the last past eleven games are five and six. So it's just like. At at some point, like there, Andy said, Andy Larson said it, where it just feels like they're tunnel vision, only playing for themselves. Um, it, they're working on things individually, and it's just not coming together as a team. I would say if there is, a, there there are silver liner linings. Like um, the schedule is going to get easier, and it's going to mask problems. The offensive rating is going to pop up and people are going to be like, see, we had nothing to worry about, even though it's the opposite problem. You can't be like, well, the schedule's hard and that's why it's low. You At the same point, you also can't be like, well, the schedule's easier. That's why we're so good. Like, you, you, you got to keep that in per- perspective. The other thing is, and I said this at the beginning of the season, I said this on this podcast, I've said this on many um, articles prior to the season. If a, if a general manager and a franchise goes all in, kind of like what Utah has done this season, um, there is going to be the sunk cost mentality. And that's a good thing. If you took a big risk and it's not working, like it's okay to adjust. And, and I truly think because they've made such a big investment into the season and if it, they see hey, at the end of December, this is not working out the way that, that they thought it was and where they projected to be, they're going to hit the trade market. They did it last year with Kyle Korver. They did it the year prior with Jay Crowder. Like They have not shied away from making sure they get to where they want to go. Now, two years ago, they entered the trade market thinking they were terrible, and then they ended up going on an insane win streak. So they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, we're, we're better now. So let's just hold the brakes and actually find somebody to improve. Um, last year, they were not going where they wanted and they noticed they weren't getting spacing. So they're like, we have to do something drastic. And they went after Cal Corbett immediately. 
So there's there's things they got to do, and I and I think if there's anything that is helpful is a the Jazz have shown they have an ability to improve and self reflect and get their act together over the past three years. Um, what's unfortunate is that it takes them staring into the face of defeat to do so. Um, they can't just be a good team without um, a deadline or urgency being created externally rather than internally. Um, but they do it. Um, it. But unfortunately, it may look like for their urgency to kick up a gear, there may need to be a trade to non-auxiliary players to get people to get their eyes on the prize again. And whether that's Quinn Snyder or anybody else, I think it applies to all facets because if there's anything that Quinn Snyder's team have shown, they have not shown the ability to be – the only time they've been a top 10 offense – was um, consistently throughout a season was when they had Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. That sucks to say. That sucks to say, especially when you got Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, and Boyan Bogdanovich on your team. And I don't even know if top 10, but it was close. It was close. Uh, I don't understand it. Like, I, I, I don't, honestly, there's just, I mean, it's just so disappointing because they just have all the talent. I still believe in our talent. And I guess the silver lining for me or whatever you want to call it, the is that if you play these worst teams, can they finally figure out what they are? You know, maybe it's, I mean, I don't know. I'm just so sick of like coming into these seasons and like the whole story of the season is figuring out this new offense and this new stuff. And I just don't understand why can't we just build on what we know works and ah, why does everything have to be so complicated? Why does everything have to be so unique and different? And why can't we just play off the strengths of what our team and players are? I, I don't understand. Uh, it's really bad. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot to really, I mean, I hope they figure it out with this road trip. I or not road trip with this next schedule. I hope they beat the Lakers. I, we're recording this, uh, what's today, uh, Tuesday night. It'll probably go live sometime to Wednesday, tomorrow, hopefully before the Lakers game. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope they figure it out against the Lakers. I hope they have a great game. But guess what? The Lakers are going to be really tired. If they lose to a really tired Lakers, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to start <laughs> crying. I don't know what to do because it's just so disappointing. They have everything they they need to be a very good winning basketball team. And they're just not doing it. Yeah. Like, it, it, and that's, it, and it, Andy put it, I, I mean, everybody said this is like, how many times do you have to get just absolutely taken out to the cleaners until you make a significant change with your, your, your play? Like how many times, how many times? and, and we're not talking about an inexperienced Hawks team or a young Dallas Mavericks team. Like we're talking about a veteran-laden Utah Jazz team. Like at some point, you gotta look yourself in the mirror and like, is this who and, I want to just be? evaluate? Like, is this? Yeah, is this it? Am I? Am is I just it? a player that just likes to get contracts? If that's the case, great. But I don't want them on my team. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I want I want yeah, it's just, I want a player that's, you know, like cliche of cliches like Michael Jordan didn't matter if it was freaking pool at four in the morning in Park City 
or if it's in the finals or if it's a preseason game, he was going to rip your face off and beat you and then laugh at you as you went home crying. And we don't have any of that. Like we don't have anyone like that right now. It feels like everyone's out for themselves. Uh, if anyone's, and I know we probably got to end here soon. I recommend going and listening to the book, book of basketball 2.0 by Bill Simmons, uh, where he talks about the basketball secret and, it's frustrating because he's 100% right. Uh, Isaiah Thomas said that the the secret to winning championships is teams being able to forget themselves and and sacrifice for the the good of winning. And no one on this team right now is willing to do that. Like no one on this team is doing that. No, like it feels like we're trying to be the Spurs, but the Spurs all sacrifice to get the best shot and win the game. And no one, like how many times have we seen that this year? Yeah. Like how many times have we seen? Uh, people like we just don't see the ball whip around the three point line anymore, even like simple stuff like that. No, every it's just it, it just isn't it, it. Every quote at the end of the games, you're like, we're just not playing jazz basketball and be like, what is jazz basketball? Right now, jazz basketball I feel like we need to like solo ball. It's just crap. I like there's so many questions like because uh, it cracks me up because. Every time you're like, well, let's change the starting lineup. They're like, well, who's going to come off the bench? It's that's not our biggest problem. Oh, like the bench to me get, is like the biggest. Let's, let's, like, let, let. yeah, that's I I couldn't agree more. The bench to me is just so far from the problem right now. Like, who cares about? I know the when bench? people like, like you're like you're like let's let's make let's make a quick change to the starting lineup. They're like, but what about the bench? Okay, this is so so much cart before the horse type of thing. It's, this makes no sense. Like you're, it's like you're trying to put in the big screen TV before you've like laid the foundation of the house. We 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 don't know what this is. And no, I, I, I don't even like. I don't I, even. I, 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 I have I, no I, clue what to do. I and I'm at a loss yeah. personally. I guess if they change the lineup and that fixes it, great. But I just feel like this team has like a culture I, I, issue right now. Like. I do think Joe Ingles. Uh, there is one thing that I that that I look back to and I'm like, this is probably a bigger deal than I I thought it was. Um, with Joe Ingles moving to the bench, that moved the amount of starters that were new for the Utah Jazz from two to three, and so all of a sudden, um, it wasn't like Mike Conley and Boyan like popping in and. Um, and then you have three experienced guys running, running it, and you're, you're in, like figuring it out. Um, and then if while the season goes on, then you can move. Uh, then you would it move Joe Ingles to the bench, and then with that familiarity, they're good. Um, that's the only thing. That's that's uh, when I'm looking at this, I'm like, what would be the quickest fix? And in my head, I keep on going back to that where it's. Has, would that be the quickest fix? Because the other parts of me um, that I, I think a big storyline that we're going to be watching for the month of December, if we're going to pick, okay, this team is struggling. Here are the things to watch for if we are turning it around or not, is uh, is the Mike Conley struggles. Um, somebody doesn't drop off like that that far at 32. So that's something significant to watch for. Also, the Donovan Mitchell fading into bad shot selection again—that's something to watch for. Um, and and then just the lack of passing, the lack of passing in the and the defense. 
Um, it there's there's some worrying signs that I would say just by looking at the numbers, um, something it, it kind of looks like the Jazz are a paper tiger. And that's why I kept on saying like two and three weeks ago when I, I had people yelling at me being like, you're 11 and five, there's nothing to worry about. And it's like, there is, there, there is because they're, they're, they're not winning. They're, they're just being the team that was the best loser. Like the other team just wasn't playing well, missing wide open shots and everything. And then all of a sudden teams start hitting wide open shots against them. Uh, the Jazz never changed their shot selection. Their guys still are shooting about the same averages. Like, uh, well, and I there, guess there there were key indicators that that things that things weren't going to go well on this on this road trip. It, I didn't think they were going to be that bad of getting blown out by forty and a and a half or or almost losing to the Grizzlies. But the indicators were there that the Jazz aren't the Jazz right now. Yeah, that's the thing. I think the only solace I have right now is that I do I do still believe in the talent. I think the talent still has that potential and upside to be great, like really, really great. It's hard to see it right now with how crappy they're playing, but they have the potential to be great. And I, you know, at the beginning of the year, Donovan came out and just was on fire and maybe it masked some of the passing issues that he still had. Uh, and now that the shots aren't falling, we're seeing kind of the negative results of it. And so I think that might be part of it. And I think actually Donovan might be the key to everything because Donovan is the one that kind of plays mm-hmm. between both squads. And if Donovan can become that seven assist guy that's incorporating everyone else, it may change everything. And maybe that's just the yeah. key. Uh, but right now it's And some happening. of Donovan's best play... And, and and interestingly enough, some of Donovan's best play is when he's at the one. And as much as I like Dante Exum, um, and as much as I don't think Emmanuel Moutier is the answer, the what may be the way to roll is if you move Joe Ingles to the starting lineup, then you're allo- then you can move Donovan Mitchell out soon, and then he can be the point for that for that um, backup lineup. And that can get him at, and that can also help him throughout the game of getting him the mindset of, I need to be a distributor. I need to get this team rolling. I need to get people um, uh, in, in, in the flow of the offense. And that could change things. Um, and also Joe Ingles, like they're asking Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell to be scorers, um, score first and distributor second. If you put Joe Ingles in that lineup instead of Royce O'Neal, um, then that allows those two to actually better work in their roles. And now Joe Ingles is working with basically um, four guys, Gobert, Boyan, Conley, and Donovan, who's there. Like if they get the ball from him, they're going to be scoring mm-hmm. um, versus, versus the opposite effect. And Joe Ingles can work off the screen, so you're having to worry worry about that more. And that's the lineup we all dreamed of when all these changes happened anyway. I think that's the easiest one. I still think there's going to be a trade, but it's not going to be in December. It's going to be closer to the trade deadline. And then, um, and then because the Jazz will have made another trade, they're going to be low on depth. And so I think you're going to see Utah just scraping up whoever's left over in the buyout market. Mm-hmm. And hopefully by then they'll have a better record so they can bring like temp some people over instead of being like, Hey, you know, 
you know, we're, we're a six seed right now. Well, and um, then that gives them three months to figure out whatever our offense is <laughs> and our system. Hopefully <laughs> I have no, I don't know. Which is, which as, as we've seen is plenty of not time to figure it out. So it's guys, it's, uh, I, uh, I, I guess we can just end by saying, you know what? Let's hope they beat the Lakers and let's just hope they figure things out. Maybe, maybe we're just negative Nancy's and, and haters and whatever, but guess what? We're going to bring that same energy every night on, on jazz game days, every day with the downbeats. Uh, we have post game podcasts. We have SLC punks podcast. Uh, we're going to bring the energy just like Donovan. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Like we're going to, yeah, we're going to be out there. The same energy. Uh, but I don't feel like I got the same energy. I, I mean, it's, <laughs> this is, I hate, this is the time I hate. It sucks covering a team when they're not doing well, because you have to write what's going wrong and no one likes to call their baby ugly. And it does. And, and if there's anything that I would I like that, I definitely want to make clear. It's not that we, like, like I think Quinn should be fired. I think everyone should be traded. I think we should jettison the whole group. Like that's not what it is. It's just when as fans, and I, I relate to this because I was a performer. If people are paying to see you, um, and you put up a bad show and you get ripped in the reviews, that's not the reviewer's fault. And that's not the people who went there's fault. Like you can't be mad at them for going there. And especially the, like the jazz aren't like some like rinky dink off Broadway production. That's just trying to get legs or whatever. This is a team that was built as like a Hamilton and people are expecting a top tier performance and what they're getting is uh, what what they got in prior years, which I mean that's great, but guess what? Um, unfortunately for Utah Jazz, ticket prices have gone up. Um, you have better talent, and all off season long, you and your coach and your front office and your marketing team and your uh, and and your owner have all hyped you to be a lot better than what you currently are right now. And so, if that's the case, guess what you're going to run into. Uh, mismatched expectations, and that's not the fault of the people who paid to see you money and were sold <laughs> were were sold the magic beans. Okay, it's not our fault. So please, like, like, it, it, and and I get it too. Like, looking at it now, it, when I was in my twenties, I'm like, how dare they attack fans? But now I, I like, I look at them, I'm like, oh, they're, they're in their twenties. And getting attacked, like I, t- I can totally see, like they feel attacked. You can read social media and be like, "This is a lot of noise, and a lot of people are pissed off at me," or a lot of people are frustrated that we just lost. And it's, it's a lot of frustration to be pissed off about for just a game about putting a ball through the hoop. But when people spend their money and people want to be entertained, and are people are being told that they're actually going to be entertained and have a positive result at the end of that entertainment and they don't get it, they're going to be disappointed. And when it happens over and over and over again, they're going to be even more disappointed. And when it doesn't appear that it you're showing an effort, then they're really not going to be disappointed. No one wants to go see Hamilton and see Lin-Manuel Miranda just like 
going through the motions on stage. Likewise, no one wants to go and see the Utah Jazz and see their top players going through the motions. So I, I think what is hard is we know they're better. We know they can be better. They can be better. And we all just want them to succeed. So that's really what it is. Well, I think that's a good ending. I I don't have anything else to add to that. I agree 100%. Peace out, y'all. Talk. Let's get some wins. Yes, go Jazz. Peace.